Welcome to the Blind Leap Podcast with Jennifer and Bradley. If you're listening and feel like your life is a series of missed opportunities, then turn your volume up and get ready to take your blind leap. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of The Blind Leap. I can't believe we're already on episode two. Um, just a quick little recap. Um, we Let's see, last weekend uh, was Mother's Day. Um, Babe, you want to talk about it? Yeah, um, Mother's Day is probably one of my favorite holidays, um, mostly because I am a mom and I get to celebrate um, the fact of what made me a mom and that's my beautiful daughter, Ava James. Um, she is definitely the love of my life and has been a huge influence on um, me just wanting to be a better person in general. And I think that comes with, you know, a lot of things we talk about on the podcast of doing these blind leaps um, is really, you know, at the end of the day, we are trying just to make our kids proud of us. And um, that's what I try to do every day with Ava. So Mother's Day was awesome. Bradley came into town around one that afternoon. Um, we spent the day, uh, we uh, went down to, um, we had sushi for dinner. Um, we went and had some creme brulee after dinner oh, for yeah, Ava. Yeah. It was um, it was just a special night. Uh, I didn't track whatsoever, uh, which was the one day off that I took this week. Um, we, as you may know, have been um, back on track with our registered dietitian, Chelsea Price, for the last, um, I think we're going on week four or no, week, week six. Week six, I think. We're week finishing. six. Um, and it has been really a learning curve. Um, you know, tell us probably a little bit more about like how you're feeling about working out with or working with Chelsea. With Chelsea, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's funny. Um, when I created MBS, um, my mindset and my life was very different than it is now. And it was really easy to stay uh, uber compliant, to say the least. Um now things are a little different and the way we've designed the program definitely allows for a more realistic approach um, from somebody who spent most of his life being able to eat like an asshole um, and get away with it um, because most of my life was spent um, on my feet. <clears throat> um, that is definitely not the case this time around. Uh, Mother's Day, like Jay said, we uh, we both didn't track. I tried until I landed. Um, <laughs> and then Mother's Day, we went out to eat. Uh, we had dessert, we didn't track, and Monday morning, my scale popped about four and a half pounds. And in the past, that all it would take was me to get right back on track, nothing extreme, and within 24 hours, I was right back down to it. And today uh, is now Tuesday, um, and I am only down two of those pounds. So it's definitely, it's definitely been a change. Um, compliance has been a lot harder than I would have thought, but you know, Jennifer and I talk about it. Um, our standards that we keep ourselves at are a little unreasonable sometimes. So we've definitely had to learn to give ourselves some grace. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about with members all the time is non-scale victories. And for me personally, my I just got a pair of swim trunks that uh, I ordered for Memorial Day weekend in Hawaii. And I'm usually a medium. And I tried them on and they might as well have fallen off of me. Um, they didn't fit my waist. So um, the non-scale victories are definitely there. But it has been it has been a lot more challenging, a little more eye-opening to see what it's like on the other side when you're not acting like a robot. So yeah, I would agree with that hundred percent. And it, it has been, the scale has been probably the biggest challenge for me. Um, watching my weight go up on, you know, on Monday mornings has been difficult and it, I really had to, 
to be honest with myself, I think we talk about giving yourself grace, but also holding yourself accountable. And so I had to look at what my compliance looked like. And to be completely honest, I was kind of half-assing it maybe three days a week. And that adds up over time. You think that you can, um, you know, be really good for four days and then take three days completely off. And our completely off is probably a little farther than most people sometimes. So um, we had to rein it in. And one of the ways that we did that was we created kind of a, like almost like a bet between the two of us. Um, We decided that uh, we were going to not drink alcohol for three weeks. And we took, you know, we, between when we started, this was about now we were 11 or 12 days in in um, till Memorial day was or Memorial day weekend on Friday. Um, And you know, that's alcohol is, a, is not a huge part of our lives, but it is part of who we are. And we like to drink wine. We like Bradley makes the most incredible craft cocktails. We probably talk about that a lot. Um, and so to and our social life and our social life, so like our friends and we that we go out and we have dinners and things like that. Um, but we put together sort of like a bet between the two of us. Um, and if either one of us has a cocktail, decides we want to have a glass of wine or whatever that looks like, it costs us a hundred dollars. And we put that hundred dollars in a jar and it's going to go towards a vacation fund. So um, we have we we had to put those guardrails in place, I think, um, for our to, to really um, sort of like kickstart our compliance again, because we were getting a little bit lazy. And so um, one of the things I, I've talked about is putting those guardrails in place is not that doesn't mean that you're forever going to not be able to drink alcohol or eat crumble cookie or whatever. We talk a lot about having a better relationship with food, but that doesn't mean that you get everything all the time. There may have to be restrictions. It's that dimmer switch on off idea or up and down idea rather than on off. And for so many years of my life, I was able to turn things like say no to a lot of things. Like I'm just going to only eat protein and vegetables. And so I would do that for, you know, eight weeks in a row. And yeah, of course I, my weight came off really quickly, but that's not realistic in the world that we live in now between our travel, our children, the way we want to live our lives. So um, putting in those guardrails um, doesn't mean that you are saying no to everything. It's that you're saying yes to some things instead. Um, so that's been really, that's been um, kind of eye-opening. And then as far as non-scale victories, I'm in the same boat. Um, my The scale is not, it's not at its lowest point even over the six weeks. I'm still about a half, a, half a pound away from my lowest number. Um, and I was hoping to be below like 140 by this time and I'm just not. So, but I, one thing I, I said to Bradley last night, I was trying on some new clothes that came um, in the mail and I was in enjoying trying them on. And it's been probably a couple months since I can say that, where I actually really enjoyed putting new clothes on and seeing what they look like on my body, Um, which actually kind of goes into what our episode is about this next week. Um, We have uh, Carmen Berenstain, um, who is the owner of A-Line Boutiques, um, both in Colorado and Utah. Um, And she talks about how clothing really can create confidence in women. And that's one of the reasons why she loves what she does at A-Line. is that she's actually turned a fashion boutique into a women's empowerment movement. And I really love that idea. And I know for a fact that I, when I feel good in clothes, when I'm feeling good trying on clothes, that really, um, that resonates in the way that I carry myself as, as a woman in general. So, um, you know, and Carmen's also a mom. So this seems like a really good, uh, episode to have right after mother's day. Um, because she also talks about how her mom influenced her decision to, to go into fashion. Um, so I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. What about you, Bradley? What was your biggest takeaway from uh, the episode we have upcoming? Oh my gosh, Carmen, Carmen, 
Carmen was, you, you guys will listen to the episode. Um, Carmen was such an eye opening human to get to talk to one on one. Um, what was my biggest takeaway? I'll let you guys listen. We talk about everything from, um, you know, the struggles of wanting to build a career, but uh, still be a parent. Um, the struggles of relationships and how we seek out partnerships and a very, very relevant do and don't when singing out somebody. And we talk a lot about sex and orgasms. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of orgasm talk, a lot of orgasm masturbation. Talk. You're, I mean, this is going to be an episode that you're going to laugh. You're going to enjoy. If you it, uh, pro- please don't have your little kids yeah, in the car. Make sure the kiddos are not there. <laughs> uh, gentlemen that are listening to this, uh, do not skip this episode. It was, this is a great episode to listen to. Jennifer said something really quick about how uh, feeling good in clothing uh, can boost your confidence. I will be the first to tell you. When I put on like a suit jacket or I put on, you know, a nicely, you know, a tailored pair of like jeans or a fitted shirt. Um, what is it? Tailored athlete that you just got me. Mm-hmm. I literally put on the shirt and I was like, okay, I can only wear this when I'm feeling really good about myself because it fits perfectly like a glove. This episode transcends across however you identify. Make sure to listen to it. And with that said, and here's Carmen. We are so excited to welcome my dear friend that I have known for a, a many years here in Colorado, um, Carmen Berenstain, um, to the Blindly Podcast. Carmen, say hello. Hello, everyone. So great to have you. Carmen is the owner of A-Line Boutique and has also written a book called Learning to Fly. Today, we're going to talk to Carmen a little bit more about um, the blind leaps that she's taken in her career, in her personal life. Uh, look forward to learning a little bit more about you, Carmen, and, and uh, finding out, you know, kind of how everything came to be, how you left your uh, life in kind of technology and things like that and moved into something very, very different, something that both of us um, have experienced as well. So um, tell us a little bit more about you and how everything started with um, A-Line and, and, and go from there. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's such an honor. I love it. And yes, I have taken many blind leaps in my life. Um, The first one, actually, um, as I took as I was a biochem major, right? So I went to school and I had a full ride academic scholarship. I was supposed to be their poster child doctor. And I took a blind (laughs) leap. And the day of the MCAT, um, three years later with a 3.98 GPA and working my <laughs> off, right? Um, I didn't show up for them, cat. I took a blind leap and I did not show up for them, cat, purposely. Um, and I didn't tell anyone that I wasn't going to because I knew everyone would talk me out of it, right? And so I just didn't show up. And then about two hours until before it was done, I walked into the director of the department's office. And he's like, why are you here? Why aren't you taking it? Are you sick? Well, we're scheduled. And I said, I'm not taking them cat. And he's like, what do you mean? You, you, we paid for you. We paid. I go, no, 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 no. I got a scholarship. You said I have to keep a 3.9, um, GPA or higher. And I have a 3.98. I've gotten one B plus in, you know, (laughs) And uh, I think it was something in chemistry, quantitative, phys- you know, oh my God, I don't remember 30 years ago now, but, you know, and I, and I, and I said, but I'm not, I don't want to be a doctor. And, um, and then he softened and he said, why, you know, and I said, well, because I want to make money. 
And he's like, well, <laughs> well, wait a minute, you're going to be a doctor. I said, no, I, I, I was smart enough to get undergrad paid for. I'm not now it's in another caliber and I'm not going to get my med school paid for. And then I'm going to have residency and then I'm going to have all this debt and I'm going to want to be a mom and have babies. And, and it's just, I'm, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to start making, making real money for a number of years. And then I'm going to have real debt. And I said, um, but I can start my own practice and hire doctors and make more money. And he's like, you're serious. I said, I'm dead serious. And um, that was my first blind leap. And so That's I crazy. I, I can't even imagine like at that young of an age to say, you know, kind of effort to what yeah. was expected of you. Um, and in a pretty like I was also um, I was I thought it was going to be pre-med as well. I went to Emory University. I and I took a blind leap, too, and decided I was going to be an econ major because I and my dad wanted the doctor in the family and all of that. And I was, I just, it wasn't sticking and I wanted to be in business. So um, I took, and at a young age, that's really hard to do, especially when you have that much pressure on you to follow the path you're supposed to. Right. To follow the path you're supposed to. Right. So, but if that path, that's, I think that's, that's one of the truths that I live by now. If that path is not um, bright and light and soulful, and, you know, and inspiring you every day, right? It's what you should do, right? I I don't think you should stay on that path. I just don't. The, the supposed to is like, if you're supposed to do something, it's probably not necessarily what you should be doing. Exactly. You brought up, um, just so our, our, our listeners know a little bit more about you, you said you, you wanted to have kids and you want to do all these things. Tell us a, a little bit about your personal life, just so people can understand who you are. Oh, I'm sorry. I just jumped into my oh, first blind leap. You're good. Um, you're good. Yes. Um, so I own A-Line. So A-Line is a company and we have three arms of A-Line. We have A-Line Boutique, A-Line Stories, and A-Line Adventures. And A-Line is a women's empowerment company. I mean, um, I love, love, love um, helping people live fully alive. And that can happen by someone who's kind of lost themselves coming in and getting styled and walking out of the dressing room and feeling powerful, seen, sexy, um, sophisticated, whatever that is, right? They want to feel and having that effortless um, experience through having true stylists, professional stylists who do that for you, right? And then it can also happen through A-Line Stories, our own podcast that, that you know, we got to interview you, Jennifer. And I love that is, is literally telling the stories of other people and and so that you feel empowered. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who's made that mistake. I'm not the only one who has that fear, right? And that's really where, you know, that's possible. And then also with that is it's really we also interview our designers, right? Because it's amazing how many people have pivoted later in their life, like Christy Lynn that I just and just her pivot and 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 then her success in three years she's in 180 um, boutiques, you know, or, or domestic and um, internationally. And so it's, it's so cool to see those pivots and hear the stories. And then the last thing is A-Line Adventures, um, which we take women out of their comfort zone and we take them on the Via Frada, you know, maybe 300 feet up on a wire um, in, in Telluride, right? Um, or um, a 14 or or Paris Fashion Week or New York Fashion Week. And so the a whole, through multiple arms, right? My passion and my excitement is, is helping people awake, right? Wake up and live and not just um, survive, exist, et cetera, right? And, and, um, and so that's, that's who I am now. I have an 11-year-old who's in sixth grade and I am a mom and it is lovely. Um, 
And, you know, it's just been, it's been really fun. I mean, there was another blind leap. I, um, once I had, when I was pregnant with her, I really intended, so I had I, by this point, I had built my first company. I'm sure we can jump back to that and sold it at 33 and done very well and gotten to retire um, and play. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and then I um, found out I was pregnant at 11 and a half weeks, um, had no clue that I was pregnant um, and um, had to go knock on a door and be like, hi, so I am having a baby and you are the father. Um, and um, <laughs> oh, yes. Carmen, I adore you. I adore you, Carmen. <laughs> like, hi, do you remember my name? Hi. So out of respect, you know, I want you to know that I am carrying your child. And now I am asking for nothing. I don't want financial support. I don't, I, 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 I you know, I actually want full custody. I just, out of respect, I want to let you know that this, you know, baby is because of your sperm. And um, <laughs> now, now fast forward, it's fantastic. Um, Brian is in her life and he is family and he is fabulous. And, um, and I, I do have um, soul custody, but he is family. He loves on her. I, I kind of sometimes say it's like that uncle or that grandparent or that whatever, who just adores and loves and spoils and, you know, and she knows him and loves him and it's dad and it's beautiful and it's a modern day family. So um, it's fantastic. But yes, I did. I did. Um, but with that is I also went to leap. Um, I really thought I have worked so hard and I've wanted a child for so long. Um, and, and I, um, so I was like, I am going to quit. I had my second company at the time and with, um, I, um, with my right hand person, I literally said to her, I said, so I want to offer you the opportunity to buy me out. Like I, I am going to quit. I am going to be a stay home mom. I'm going to, I'm just, this is what I wanted. Right. And I was home for maybe eight weeks and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Right. I can't I, imagine you as a stay at home mom. I tried mind. to be a stay at home mom too. And it, it just, just didn't stick at all. Like I am not supposed to be caged as an animal that way. Now, some people, they love it. They, that's oh. what their passion is. I just, I, that's not for me. And that's, I think, a really brave thing for women to say, because some women, that's all they want. That's really what they want to do is to be a stay-at-home mom. I couldn't do that. And I had so much guilt around the fact that I had the ability to, but I didn't want to. Exactly. That's exactly well said, Jennifer, is that's exactly it, is I had the ability to, too, and I didn't want to. And and what was so confusing, another layer, and I think you, is that I wanted to be a mother for so long. And so if I wanted a child and I wanted to be a mother, why wouldn't I want to be with her all the time? Right. And I I really, it really, you know, and so to leap and say, no, this was my plan. This was my path. I said to people, I even made arrangements for my company, right? I, I, this, I made steps toward this and then to bail ship and to take a blind leap and be like, no, you know what? (laughs) And that's really also, I mean, it was a little bit, but I, I kind of went back, but I, then I had some freedom and that's when A-Line came along. That's when I bought A-Line because I was like, well, guess what? It's not working for me. I can't be a stone mom. So <laughs> I need something else. So let's, um, let's go acquire this, you know, one location boutique um, from two quintessential boutique owners who had a great eye, who loved going to market, who did the buy. And, um, but yet um, didn't run it like a business. Right. And, uh, and I really wanted that that white glove, full service, easy button, 
Um, and so I was like, okay, well, let me, they're going to, you know, they were closing the doors. So for those who don't know, yeah, they, I walked into shop there and they were about to start liquidating. And I said, well, instead of you do this, why don't I just acquire you? And we made it happen in, in like 10 days. Um, and so close the deal. And cause they had to, they were literally, you know, um, the lease was up and they were going to liquidate. And I was like, well, we either need to set, make this happen fast or not. So we did. And there was the birth of my story with A-Line. And now 10 years later, we have 15,000 square feet and four locations in Denver and 12 full-time, you know, salaried medical benefits, 401k stylists who are wickedly talented. Um and, and then um, we are opening um, our first out-of-state location in Salt Lake City later this fall. So I am actively working on that build-out and everything there. <laughs> so, so, Carmen, you went from biomedical to yep. technology to oh, yeah. fashion. I know you have some. There, fashion was a passion of yours that came from you, maybe your mom a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about how, like, I know that she's on your bags and things like that. That was that something that kind of like always stuck in the back of your head or how did you decide like fashion is such a big leap from where you were before? It is. And you know, it definitely though, Jen, you put it together. I mean, I grew up with a mother who knew the power of style and I'll say it like that. She, we, by no means, um, had any um, means to have any nice things. So she, but she understood the power of showing up and says dressing for the job that you want, not the job that you have. Right. And she, um, and I watched her, I watched her transform. I watched her even as a, she was a single mom. And I remember, you know, when I was nine and 10 and 11, her transforming um, from cooking dinner or whatever to running upstairs and coming down and looking like a bombshell, right? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> hello, mother, right? <laughs> right? But she was fierce and powerful and sexy, you know, not slutty, sexy. Like, um, and and I was like, wow, okay, that's the power of you know an outfit and your hair done and just that 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 whole styling, right? And I, I watched that and I knew that. Um, but I was a tomboy. Like I was just like my daughter. I mean, you could not get me in the shower or bath to save my life. I literally was like, why? I'm just going to get dirty again. Like I, I hated bathing. I mean, I was disgusting. Um, I also like, if you told me something doesn't match, I'm like, I have pants and a top on, like, what's the point? I mean, I literally, <laughs> I am not, I was not the Barbie doll. I, you could not put me in a pageant to save your life. Right. I mean, I was the antithesis of everything you think of is high now, what I own as a high fashion. Right. Um, and so I, um, so I've really always known the power of styling right from her. And then also in my first company, so GB Synergy, I started at 26 at 28 years old, I was presenting to Tyco Healthcare, who's now Covidian, um, W.L. Gore, C.R. Bart. I mean, $80 billion companies, right? I mean, the Fortune 50s. I mean, and, and I knew I needed to walk into that executive room with CFOs and CTOs and CIOs um, looking 35, not 28. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that and I used clothes. Now, I also knew that my... 
my proposal, my pitch, right, needed to be well-prepared and well-spoken and intelligent and value-add. But I knew I wouldn't even get there if they didn't take me seriously. And it was, so I really invested in some pieces that gave me that power and that confidence, right? To walk in there going, I am a badass. Like, I don't even have to open my mouth. And then once I do, watch out world, right? And so, yeah. It's so true. And I think that that's a hard thing for, I would say, men in general to understand is that a woman really does feel, get a lot of not self-worth necessarily, because that's not what it is, but you do feel almost like you're putting on armor when you do get your hair done, your makeup done, you put the clothes on. And we talk a lot about with our members that when they start to feel like when they look in the mirror, they don't like the person they're seeing in the mirror anymore. They don't like, they can't fit in their clothes anymore. Like how defeating that can really be. Um, and, and so we try to help them find that better relationship with themselves. But I feel like you also do that through the power of clothing. You help women understand that no matter what body shape they are, what what size they are, that they can still feel beautiful and powerful in different outfits. I I was actually at A-Line yesterday. I, I shopped with Margot. And I, you know, I'm, my weight's up a little bit. We've been enjoying our love life. We've been having a little bit more dinners, a little more cocktails. And cocktails Mar- my, Margot helped me find pieces that I could still feel as beautiful as I would be if I was a size zero again. And it's nice to know that your stylist really help women kind of put that armor back on but like look in the mirror and feel and see themselves again in a really, in a really great light. So um, sometimes it's hard for, you know, people are like, well, you don't really need nice clothes to feel powerful. And it's like, it's not that it's just that it, it kind of elevates the thing. We, we did a photo shoot on Sunday and I got my hair and makeup done because it made me feel confident in front of the camera. And there is something to be said about, you know, ha- putting on kind of your, your armor when you go in front of a, say a presentation, a photo shoot, and a lot of women stop taking care of themselves or, or feel like they can't because they're not at the size they want to be. And that you, your stores do such a beautiful job of showing women that they still can. It's funny though, because Jennifer's talking about, you know, feeling good about yourself. You know, I, I'm obviously on the other side. Like I don't get me wrong. You, Jennifer told me about a pair of, um, what were the, um, not the undefeated, um, the, or the sneakers that you saw yesterday. Oh, uh, off-white. Oh, a pair of off-white sneakers. And she came home and showed me a picture of them. Trust me, I've been into A-Line multiple times. And of course, Margo makes me feel like when I'm in A-Line, I don't shop at A-Line, but Margo makes me feel like I'm shopping at A-Line. I feel like that whole aura. But, you know, we talk about taking care of yourself and that feeling empowering. I'm the kind of person like right now, I'm probably four days late for when I normally get a haircut. I usually get a haircut almost every 10 days. My haircut, my beard get done every 10 days. I'm a man. I get Botox done. Like, you have to take care of yourself and like, you know, we run a company, she's the VP, I'm the CEO. And you're right. The way you look walking into a room or the way you feel walking to a room or a photo shoot, that is going the way you feel. It's not necessarily what you're wearing, but how you feel about the way you look, whether you want it to come off onto the room or not, that is absolutely going to radiate through your body language, through your facial expressions, all of those things. So you taking clothing and making it, and I love the way Jennifer put it as armor, like that is uh, my, my, Carmen, I only know you as Carmen A-Line and getting to talk to you now, I'm like, Carmen, I can talk to you for hours. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, well, thank you. No, I, 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 I love that. And I think you're absolutely onto something about the energy. Um, it's interesting because we all know we've all walked into a situation, be it a party, a friend's house, and we feel tension. Nothing, they're like, hi, oh my goodness, so good to see you. But then literally the interaction <laughs> with the boyfriend or the spouse, right? You mm-hmm. feel the tension. And yet nothing, if there was a script, right? Nothing being said, nothing being like, there was nothing thrown at you, right? But you feel the tension, you feel energy. And it's the same thing. Just as we can feel negative, right? Energy, we absolutely can feel that positive, that confidence that I'm here and I'm excited energy. And that can absolutely come from, you know, the trappings, right? And um, and I also think it's interesting because I've had this discussion with a lot of people who have never spent the investment on nice clothing, right? And, and it's like, and there is, there's, there's the levels and there are some things um, that you are paying for a label, right? But that's more the designer level, right? And you are paying for that label, that name. But then at our level, it's really interesting because you take this DMN blazer or Lejeune's blazer or an ALC blazer, right? And the reality is, is that why is it, you know, significantly higher or double the cost of a Ann Taylor blazer or a J Crew blazer, right? Well, it is because the quality of fabric, the quality of fabrication and how it actually fits you is different, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you guys could talk probably supplements. There's the same supplement. It's poorly made. It's well-made, right? Mm-hmm. Or the same exercise, right? It's mm-hmm. poorly executed or well executed. And there's a big difference, And that is exactly it. And there really is. And it's interesting. I cannot tell you the number of clients over 10 years who walked in. They're like, oh my gosh, I've never spent this much on a blazer. I've never spent this much on a top, right? And they buy one piece. But then every time they wear it, everyone compliments it. They wear it out. And then they come in, okay, okay, now I need like, okay, now I'm going to buy three pieces, right? And they've told me like six months or a year or two years later, like, okay, I hate you and I love you, right? I've never spent this much, (laughs) but- I've also never felt this great. And they also tell me every single A-line piece are pieces that I constantly go back to, right? They're the ones I wear all the time. They don't hang in my closet. They don't have tags because we really do our timeless with an edge, you know, like this blazer I can wear 10 years from now. And yes, it has um, some um, gold buttons and has some fun and some edgy, but it's timeless, right? It's not boring. So yeah, all yeah. the things I buy are like statement mm-hmm. pieces, but that, that I feel like are also yeah. staples that like, I'm going to have, like, I have leggings that were, I, they, I paid way more than I've ever They're paid for the helmet, that my helmet laying, um, uh-huh. leggings, and they are, they are amazing. You put them on and I feel like I, I'm like, Whoo, like I look so good in these and they were really expensive and they don't look necessarily look expensive, like on the hanger, but I go back to them time and time again, because they're a basic. They look great. I've also bought like a hot pink and red blazer that like wouldn't be necessarily something that I would call like a staple. But if I throw that on to a black dress or a white pair of jeans, like it goes with so many different things. And I think A-Line does a really good job too of helping you figure out ways to style things in a lot of different ways. So if you're going to spend $600 or $1,000 on a piece, it's going to have multiple, multiple reasons that you use it. No, I so, agree. Thanks for yeah, letting me because it, yeah. it is it's demystifying it for people. And I think that's one of the points of podcasts is like, oh, like that's why, right? So yeah. that's yeah. fun to 
So we, I want to talk to you a little bit about your personal life, because I think you and I have um, gone down relatively similar paths with not necessarily always being in, you know, in we've been through divorces, we've, um, we've been in love with different people, like you talked a little bit about, um, you know, your daughter's, we call it, you said dad, uncle, my, my um, daughter's stepdad is kind of the same way, like we got, we're getting divorced, but he is still in Ava's life, very, very active in her life, and will always be part of our family. It's a modern day way that you look at things like just because we didn't work out doesn't mean that he doesn't get to be part of her life. And so I'd love to learn a little bit more about kind of your blind leaps in your personal life. I know we talked a little bit about having your daughter, but tell us a little bit more about what that looks like for you as well. Oh my goodness. I mean, uh, yes, there's, you're, you're absolutely right, Jen, that we both have had a colorful personal life. That's (laughs) Um. And, um, and I also say, you know, I do, there's, there's some regret and I have a wake of dead bodies, not literal. I have never, (laughs) right. I just want to be for the record, for the record. Right. But it it is, it's those death of those relationships. And, um, and, and, um, and I did leap, you know, I, I leapt into a first marriage that wasn't a good idea. And, um, but I leapt into it because I grew up in a very dogmatic Christian household and there's beauty there's beauty of that, right? But the downside, the shadow side, the negative side is that I really truly was paralyzed um, as a sexual being until I got married, right? Because the reality is, is we are, I mean, I talked to my daughter who's 11. I was like, you are a mental being, you are a physical being, you are a spiritual being, you are a sexual being. Like you are all of those things, right? And all of those things. And one of the, as a side note, if I can just say it on your podcast, I mean, I did not grow up um, embracing like sex outside of marriage, sex was wrong. It was, you know, it was, it was nasty. It was, it was dirty. It was, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, I am a sexual being. So am I dirty? Cause I grew up thinking I was dirty. Right. And wow. that's now with my daughter, I Esther Perel, I love her. And I, years ago, I listened to this phenomenal her, I think it was on goop podcast. And she talked about how she encourages all moms to encourage their teenage daughters to masturbate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what? Like I literally, my first, like, I literally, like, I was like, I can't. and she goes, wait a minute. She goes, I'm sorry. She goes, all mothers are like, mm, yep. Oh, here's a dirty sock for my boys. And that's dirty right. sheets. And that's just going to happen. But yet for our girls, we don't norm that. We don't talk about it. We don't say, yeah, we expect, you know, we expect it of our boys, but we don't expect it of our girls. And she goes, think about this. The f- well, she didn't say think about it. I thought about it after it. She's like, the first time then that girl has an orgasm is with a man. And then all of a sudden, one of the best experiences of her life, she starts believing I need a man to mm-hmm. have them. And yeah. boys don't do that. Boys have that experience without a girl in their life or with a female. Yeah. Let's and let's let's, like, pre- Carmen, let's let's preface that that if she orgasms with a man, let's be honest here. <laughs> if she orgasms with a man the first time, I'm, <laughs> it's just like as the man of the room, I'm like, let, yeah. let's be honest. As a six year old boy, once in my life, you know, I probably didn't do a whole great job, but you know, it took probably until you know my thirties to understand that. But you know, just say <laughs> that's <laughs> good. See, see, it's paying off for Jen. Do you have for you to have prior practice? <laughs> yes yes we'll look at the we were just reading yesterday yeah we read a quote it said some it was like 
Um, we were on social media and it was but a quote, this like, woman was talking about how she never had it. She was masturbation after divorce and how, that, like when she was with her husband, she thought that that was the only way that she could have an orgasm was in her marriage. In marriage. And then she's got divorced and she started to figure that out on her own because otherwise she was getting no pleasure. And all of a sudden she had this amazing orgasm by herself. And she was like, she squirted to be, she, she squirted to be clear. <laughs> and she was like, what was that? And like, how sad is it that she lived in a world that she never knew that even My with her was husband? Blown. I was like, and what? like, so we, we talk a lot about sex. We actually, our podcast um, uh, person that we had uh, in our last episode, Rainer. Rainer also talks about like how he liked sex and how that was so, it felt so bad to even say that in his marriage, he ended up having multiple affairs because he wasn't getting what he needed in his relationship. So uh, sex is something that we talk about a lot. Yeah, it's such it. an oh, important good. part of who we are as people and how our relationship came to be as well, because neither one of us were sexually satisfied in our marriages. That's, I mean, we're very upfront about that because, um, you know, I think it's an important topic that we don't talk about. And you have an 11 year old, I have a 14 year old daughter. We have to talk to our teenage daughters about this. Mm. It's so yeah. important. Yes. And, and I mean, I also talked to her about when I lived over in Europe. So after I sold my first company, I bought an apartment in Dusseldorf, um, Germany, and I lived there. And, um, and, and the thing is, is that Europeans different, differentiate nudity versus sexuality. They're not yeah. the same thing. Right? right. And I love that in us, in our American culture and the, um, you know, Puritan heritage, we don't. We don't. And there's a huge difference. I'm sorry. I can be fully clothed and I can be extremely sensual and I can mm -hmm. turn them in, right? Or another woman, right? And yeah. I don't have to be naked and I can be butt naked and it's not sexual, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Ava and I walk around the house naked all the time. Uh, not that Bradley's here necessarily, yeah. but like Ava and I have no problem being naked oh, in front of each other. No. But my mom... And I like that was very, we did not walk, we, she did not walk in on me naked. I didn't walk on in on her naked. And what's the problem with being naked in front of like, you know, we, we talk about like, even when Ava was little, she showered with her dad, Kennedy, Kennedy showered showered with him. like, why do we make that so uncomfortable as a society? Right. And that's a, that's an American thing. It's not a European, it's not the rest of the world, a lot of the rest of the world. Right. In, in the, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I'm, and I'm with you guys. I love sex. Um, we, we wanted to combine fitness and sex. I can do this. So, um, <laughs> I am one of those people who, if you put me in a plank, put those little slider discs and have me pull up and do caterpillars, what I call, do you know what I'm talking about? When yeah, you yeah. go across the floor and you pull up, mm -hmm. I can't do it across the floor because I will orgasm. Oh, so back once upon a time when I had a strength and conditioning business way back when, before we had the nutrition business we have now, there was a client of mine um, when I was just starting out, she couldn't do pull-ups. I, I would, I'd probably been training her for like two months. And finally, one day she was like, Bradley, you have to stop making me do these. I was like, why? And she was like, because I feel like I'm going to come after I do after, if I go, like, if I do too many, or if I get to, she's like, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, okay, like I'm not judgmental, but like good for you. <laughs> okay, like I mean, I wish it was that easy for me, and I'm shit. I'm a man. I'm like, okay, I no, mean so I I um I remember being in our field and track day and doing pull-ups, and I was like, okay, okay, and I'm competitive and I want to beat the boys, and I was like, 
oh my God, I'm, I'm shaking. Oh and like, everything was warm. And I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what? Oh, it's tingly. It's tingly. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I just went weak. And I was like, I had no idea what happened though. I had no idea what happened. It wasn't oh, until, oh no, because I didn't master. I didn't touch myself. I mean, I was like, oh, you know, and I had no idea what was happening. I had no idea. But then I was like, okay, that feels really good. And there was nothing bad about that because I didn't know I had anything to do with sexual, right? So then the secretly I'd be, I'm going to hold this. I'm going to hold this. Oh, that feels really good. Oh, that feels really good. <laughs> okay. So then fast forward after I got married, right? And the first and literally our honeymoon, I had sex. I was like, holy cow, this is fun, right? And so <laughs> anyhow, um, I was like, that's what that is. Oh my God, right? But it's so funny. So then, you know, you're talking about it and you tell people and they're like, no, that's not possible. Then I found this amazing article. I'll send it to you, Bradley, is, is about how really truly that pulling up with that abdominal and that contraction Um there is, they say about 10% of women can orgasm um, by, you know, doing a abdomen, like pull up or crunch or pull, you know, and um, that action. And so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can orgasm really easily, but not doing that. So I'm going to have to work on that. (laughs) I should do a YouTube video. I should do a TikTok on that. That would go viral. There you uh, go. Sure. It would go viral. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Robin, only because I want to make sure we're staying, we're staying on time and all oh that. Um, one of my, one of my favorite, I mean, getting to know you on this side, you know, we, we came to the gala, um, the 10 year anniversary, the 10 year anniversary party. That was such an incredible time. And you are such, my buddy Dominic is all about energy and it, only now, you know, post divorce, and going through life the way I'm going through life now, I understand that. And your your energy is incredibly infectious. And getting to talk to you now, sitting here, um, hearing your stories, one of Jennifer's, one of my favorite quotes she ever said to me, it's not even a quote, she looked at me, she goes, everybody has a starter marriage. And <laughs> seeing when I first heard it, I was like, ooh. And obviously now, you know, and then hearing your story, it's like, there's, if we can normalize, and it's a lot about what you do, if we can normalize the taboo, it makes it so much easier and so much less um, guilty. Guilty, and and even like I'm a girl dad. I've got a two and a half year old, and yeah, like like Kennedy, she comes. If I'll ask her, I'll sometimes be like, "Baby, do you want to shower, or do you want to shower with daddy, or do you want to take a bath?" And it depends on her mood. And sometimes I don't need to. Sh- I don't want to shower with my daughter because I don't really get to shower. But if she says yes, I'm like, all right, can I like let's shower? And she calls my penis a tushy because she thinks, you know, <laughs> and, and, and we were, we're in the potty training phase and all these things. But like, if we can normalize these things and like, yes. Carmen, like normalizing, you know, you talk about empowering women. There's a reason. If you look at my staff, you look at our staff, I'm the only man right now in the company. And I've designed it not purposely to only hire women, but to empower women. And honestly, when we've interviewed registered dietitians and people, I'm like, we go with the most qualified person. And like, it's to show, I'm so thankful that we have such a strong team of women because I'll get to show that to, you know, Kennedy and Ava, Mm -hmm. like, look, here's a team of empowered women. And you talk about empowering women and you talk about being able to love again as a, you know, that was one of your blind leaps, but this is what I want to get to. You said the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you. This was on, um, a, on your interview questions for us to find a partner, not a romantic project. And before right. we run out of time, Carmen, please, please talk about that. Cause I think that's so important. Oh my gosh. It was a game changer for me. So I love projects and they've done, they've, 
um, given me great benefit in my life, right? So obviously I walk into a company or I see an idea and it's a project, right? Um, even maybe with a young employee, right? I'm like, oh, you have talent, you have kept, kept, but it's a project, right? It's an investment. Um, a house, I can, I did seven houses in Wash Park. I just literally can walk in and be like, oh my gosh, you tear out the wall, you do this, da, 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 da. And I just, I love projects and, and, and I've gotten great benefit financial and, and emotional benefit out of taking projects. What I didn't realize until my therapist literally one day broke it down and he goes, you need a partner, not a project. Because I was sitting in his office and I was struggling because I was dating someone who, um, who had a lot of potential, right? And I, I did not want to be the judgmental, well, you know, I'm here and you're here and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it can be in lots of ways, right? It could be financial. It could be emotional. It could be anything. I mean, all the gamut, but it wasn't my equal. Right. And, and yet I just, I felt like I was being elitist. I felt like I was um, disqualifying, you know, wrongly if I'm like, well, you know, and he just said to me, he said, you want a partner, not a project. And, and he asked me, he said, is, you know, is Bob a project? And I was like, yes, he's a, he's a great project, but he's a project. Right. And, and this is where I had this aha of, of course, in romantically, I would look for projects because every other area in my life, I love projects. Right. And I benefit from them, but as a romantic partner, I need, or as a romantic partner, I need a partner. Right. And so, and that, just means, you know, that equal. And, and it's not that Brandon and I, you know, my boyfriend slash life partner, we live together and raise my daughter together now. And it's not that he um, and I are equal on all different levels, right? His vocabulary and intellect, um, um, intelligence, like book intelligence. I mean, he laughs me. He's like, wait, how, how many, how many, what's the country? What's that country? Where is that located? Like, I mean, I'm literally like, I mean, are you smarter than a fifth grader? I'm not. Okay. Let's just, (laughs) if you ask me any of those questions, he's like, how do you not know this? You know? And I'm like, but he, he remembers everything. I mean, he is so book smart and also worldly smart, right? Where now on the flip side, I am emotionally intelligent. Like I read Brene Brown. I read Glennon Doyle. I'm reading Insight by Tasha. I'm, I'm always constantly reading about energy and heart and leadership and all that kind of stuff. And so I can outdo him a million times over. Like I asked him, how are you feeling today? And he goes, he goes like, I went to the gym. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> what you did, not how you feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That used to be me. Oh, yeah. And and we're, and he, but it's so cool because he's excited about how I, as his partner, right, am helping him evolve in that area. And then he's also helping me, like, actually, it is important to know that is da 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 and or have context of world news or whatever right and and also with my daughter like actually use the right vocabulary word um <laughs> i mean you know and there are things and it's it is it is this balance and so we are partners right yeah in different ways we're not equal in every single way but we are equals and i really do have a partner so yes yeah. yes yes i think if every strong woman and i guess man but i'm just can talk from my step side is and especially those those go getters those driven if you can ask yourself is he or is she you know a partner or a project um 
you will save yourself. I would have saved myself so many years of disappointment, investment, heartache, exhaustion, right? If I would just have said, are you a partner? Or are you a project? Committed relationships. So we are constantly partners on so many different levels. But one of the things I think that partnership brings to the table is safety. And in a safe relationship, you, um, cause you feel like you are being heard, you're being supported. You are, you're not being worked on or you're not working on them. You are actually supporting and working together. And, uh, somebody posted on a, a post I did yesterday that, you know, healing comes from safety and relationships. Mm-hmm. And we definitely have healed so, so much, much of the pain that we've come from. And one of the things that you talked about is um, learning from failure. And you said any decision made out of fear always leads to pain and drama <laughs> versus a decision to move towards something versus away from something. So tell us a little bit about that as we wrap up. This will be kind of our last thing that we talk about, like learning from failure. What does that look like for me, for you? Oh, I think um, I think one sitting in it, right? Uh, we all, uh, gosh, we've all done things. We're just like, we just literally are like, we wish we could erase it, right? We wish we could go back and it might be that stupid thing of that comment out of our mouth or how we cut someone off or a big decision, right? Or how we treated our children, right? And immediately it's like, oh, I just, oh, that was awful, yuck, ugly. I want to hide it and I want to move on, right? And I think a powerful differentiator of, of learning out of failure is being brave enough to feel it to its full extent, to sit in it for a second and to say, not just what did I do wrong, but why does this feel so awful? Right. Because then what's powerful is, you know, it's not just the action, but if you sit in it, you start, you start to see very quickly why you did it, the thing beneath the thing. Right. So it's not the action anymore. It's literally, wow, I have an insecurity here, or I feel this, or I don't feel like I'm enough, right? And then once you identify that thing beneath the thing, you don't make that same mistake again over, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I say, it's kind of like when we were kids and we held that beach ball down in the water and we worked so hard, we're so hard, so hard. And that's how we're getting our our own um, weaknesses, right? We hide them, we hide them and just hold it up. Just let it, when it pops up the next time and it's ugly, hold it. Be brave enough to hold it and to say, what's in there? What is this? Right. And then it pops and it goes away. And then you don't have to work on holding it down. So you're not exhausted anymore. Right. You're free. Um, That's a great analogy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carmen, so much for being our guest today. It is we could we could talk to you for hours Hours. upon hours. You have done so much. Our lives are so parallel. Um, I love so many of the different things that you talk about. I love that you're empowering women. That's something that I'm really strongly um, behind as well. That's one of the reasons why we have the company that we have. Um, and so just thank you again for being our guest. Um, any last pieces of advice? Tell us where we can find you on social media. Plug everything. Plug everything, Carmen. Okay, plug away. Okay, Carmen Berenson. So it's Carmen with a K, K-A-R-M-E-N, and then B-E-R-E-N-T-S-E-N. And that's, you can literally find me if you don't do Instagram or Facebook, they're both there, but LinkedIn for those professionals. Um, I'm also on that. So find me there, find me anywhere. And then also just A-line, um, and it's a-online.com. So that is where you can find A-Line Boutique, A-Line Stories, A-Line Adventures. And then on our own podcast, you can go to A-Line Stories um, and, and find us there. And I just, I so appreciate you guys, you know, giving me a chance to talk about sex. Oh my God, I love this. I can't wait 
to um, for the rest of my team to be like, wait, learn about, you about sex. Like, <laughs> okay, so you can have orgasms. Oh yeah, my. I mean, Brandon, my boyfriend, he's a, says it's so cute because I'll text him sometime. I'm in the gym doing a plank. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, I wish. I now, was any there. of the people who see you at the gym doing planks are going to be like, is Carmen having orgasms over there? <laughs> no, you, you know, I kind of shake and then I drop and I just. <laughs> Yeah, Carmen, um, thank you no. so much. Honestly, it was such a pleasure to get to know this side of you. Um, if you guys are in Denver. Go check out A-Line Boutique. Uh, make sure you stop into the Cherry Creek's location. Say hi to Margo from us. Um, I, like I said, I go in there with Jennifer, and even I feel I feel like like royalty when I walk in there. It's it's truly uh, an unbelievable experience. Uh, make sure you go listen to Carmen's podcast. Her energy is absolutely infectious. Carmen, again, thank you so much, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you at A-Line. Thank you. Okay, well, that was a lot of fun. Oh, Carmen, thank you so much for your very um, honest <laughs> episode. It was so fun to have you on. Um, and if you guys haven't heard that many conversations about orgasms recently, um, wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, if you guys didn't laugh or smile or feel something in this episode, go back and listen to it again because this was this was a very fun one. It'll definitely make you look or think twice when you see somebody doing a plank. That's for sure. A plank. Yep. That was yep, <laughs> definitely can't look at those the same again. So um, with that said, uh, next week uh, we have a very, very interesting episode uh, with a old friend of mine, Brad Rowe. Uh, Brad Rowe was my uh, personal trainer when I was uh, competing in bodybuilding. Um, speaking of which, I actually, the NBS uh, strength crew, we just all competed in the garage gym competition, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm definitely not anywhere where I used to be, but um, Brad came from the very similar mindset that I used to have way back when, which was more or less, um, if I'm not suffering, I'm not progressing. Um, ben, we this episode... Again, no stone left unturned. We talk a lot about plant medicine. We talk about divorce. We talk about depression. We talk about bulimia. So make sure you subscribe and listen to next week's episode. And as always, I'm going to leave you with a little something. But Jay, do you have anything to say first? Yeah. The other thing I would just say, you talked about nutrition built strength um, and the strength chat. Uh, we also just hit a thousand members. I think we're actually at almost 1100 now in nutrition built strength. Two months our, in? Yeah. Two months in our free Facebook group. So if you're not a member, please make sure to um, join. We would love to have you. We, we share a lot of free tips, tricks. You can get your a free macro assessment there. Um, you can ask our registered dietitians questions. It's just a really great supportive group for both nutrition and fitness we, so, we also just have a lot of fun there yeah it's, and a, it's lot, a, a lot, lot of trash talking so yeah so we would love for you to be a part of it um i loved having brad i didn't know brad um prior to um the conversation that we had i've known him just sort of through through bradley we actually have some mutual friends though um mm -hmm. sort of ironically my personal trainer um knows uh, brad and, and kind of that that crew so uh weird that we have that six degrees of separation and and the plant medicine conversation and the depression and the bulimia to hear it from a man's perspective, because I think we taught, I think a lot the of times all, women, American yeah, all American, the all American douchebag. But when we have, you know, most of the times when we talk about bulimia, we talk about mental health um, therapy, things like that. It tends to lean a little bit more towards women. So it's really great to hear a man um, share his experience of going through divorce, um, going through some really big struggles that he's had. So I hope that everybody listens because it's a, it's a wonderful episode. And with that said, uh, I'll leave you guys with my one little 
piece to take away from this episode as always. Um, Carmen said something really, really relevant about not finding a project and a partner. And I think that extends into a lot of things. Yes, when it comes to your business or your career, things can look at a project. But if you're gonna take on something that is going to impact your life across all platforms, make sure that you're finding something that you love. Don't make it just a project. Make it something that you can connect with. Make it something that you're passionate about. Don't make it something that you are going to learn to resent one day. With that said, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week.